2: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Lots of good texts coming in at 101260. It's the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Thanks as always for listening. We very much appreciate it. Hope you get home safe. If you're driving a trailer, make sure you got the right mirrors on. We learned today it can be a fine. So we'll keep that going. Uh, lots of names. Uh, Jason Bonsignor, uh, Steve Kelly, um, Brett Lindros, other junior guys who just never went. Now, I'm not sure. You've got to dominate the world juniors. That was a question. Not just which junior players were good, but guys who crushed it at the world juniors and then just never were able to take that to the uh, – now, the world juniors is a seven-game tournament. So it's uh, you can get hot for seven games, lots of guys. All right. I remember some people thought Jordan Everly wasn't going to be able to score at the NHL level, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people in Edmonton, including the owner franchise at the time, that uh, gave up on Everly way too quick because his first time in the playoffs wasn't what they expected. Go look at Jordan Everly's numbers in the postseason since, and when you're a shooter and you have good hands, guess what? You're a smart player. Everly figured it out. Not a very big guy, he still figured it out. Um, since then, he had 4-8, 5-22, and 4-19, uh, and 6-14, and, 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 you know, he became a pretty consistent point-getter. I think on Seattle this year in the uh, postseason, uh, he was right up there on their team uh, as a points leader goes, and they lost in uh, Game 7 in the second round. So uh, I think overreacting to one bad playoffs. Go back and look at Pavel Datsuk's first playoffs, so and not just one. How many? Lock and can happen. Let's get to the Chronicles now, brought to you by Action Electrical. They are one of the most diversified electrical contractors in Alberta. Project, service, tag, energy, they got it all. Check it out at playalberta.ca. Tom Gozola joins us now. TG, how are
3: you? I'm good. No complaints. It's kind of weird setting in. There's no more hockey for us. And, uh, yeah, just now taking care of stuff around the house that's not been done for a long time. Uh, adulting, I believe is what they call it. It sucks. Oh, really? Adulting? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, aren't, aren't you uh, contemplating moving?
3: Yes, uh, that's part of it. I am, oh. uh, I've been dealing for the last hour with my CRA account, trying to find a certain form. I can't find it. I don't know what they're looking for. Um... Uh, Speaking. Are you, are you getting? So, whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you getting audited as we speak? Is that what I'm hearing? No, no. I'm trying to get a mortgage, dog. I'm trying oh, to get a okay. mortgage, and it was your idea too. You're the oh. one who spurred me on to this. Well, so. it's true.
2: We did sit down and gave you a little, uh, gave you a little number crunching to say, "Hey, yes. you're at the stage of your life, TG, uh, and uh, getting Man, this will be the, this supposed be the start of the biggest commitment of your life. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> to see, I'm excited. Um Speaking of uh, commitment, the uh, the Edmonton Orders, you know, there's still lots of things uh, to get to. We were talking about the, uh, you know, Dallas-Vegas series. And the one thing Dallas does very well is they get pucks to the net and they got Joe Pavelski, arguably one of the greatest tippers of all time, right? So you got to have guys who do it, number one. But Zach Hyman brought it up, Tommy. We haven't touched on it yet. But Zach Hyman said, you know, I think sometimes we just got to be simpler. And I know that scoring, people are going to say, well, you know, they can score. But guess what? Five on five, they didn't score against Vegas. So it's fair to say that five on five scoring can always improve because against Vegas in that series, they didn't score very much. Right. They only scored nine goals in the series five on five. And that's like, that's, that's not good enough. Usually you got to have at least two goals per game five on five and they were at a goal and a half. So, you know, Hyman, it was interesting. He mentioned how, you know, we got to get pucks back get bodies in front, and I know, Tommy, you and I sit beside each other in the press box, and um, we've lamented it for a while. Part of it, Strutty said, it's a willingness to do it, so maybe they got to get some guys, you know, to do it. But B, I wondered, can can the coaching staff, like, is that just something they got to work on? Because you and I watch practice, and I don't see a ton of tipping drills. I don't see a ton of guys working on
3: it very often. No, and maybe ironically enough, it's Kyler Yamamoto that is a guy that's noticeably working on that aspect of his game. Uh, he's yeah, He no is probably the best tipper
2: game. on the team. You're right.
3: Yeah, and he's the guy that works on it in practice. And the other thing, like, I know while we are watching the postseason, uh, there are times, Greg, you're like, look, Tommy, there's nobody in front of the net. And I'm sitting there, and, you know, we see a point shot get sifted in, and you see the D-man waiting for guys to create a little bit of traffic in front. And, and usually there would be, you know, two guys on each side of the net, then maybe one guy slowly working his way towards the front of the net. And that ha- happened way too often. And then I think, too, part of uh, getting pucks to the net is don't give up shooting lanes. Like, there's been so many times, or there were so many times during the season where the orders had a great a lane to the net, and we watched these guys fire the puck like lasers and BBs and pick corners and go bar down on these monster goalies, and they would they would look for that extra pass, and that happened a lot in the second round series. It happened a bit in the first round series, and uh, you know it got to a point in games five and six where where I think you know the Oilers were maybe subconsciously a little bit frustrated by the lack of ability to to get pucks to the net, and uh, when they did have lanes, they they weren't firing. So. There's probably drills, and I know there's probably thousands of coaches out there going, well, you know, this is a drill. We try to preach our players into getting it into their mind to shoot the puck, shoot the puck. Well, maybe that's something that the Oilers can implement next year because I know that they have a ton of skill, but there were so many times where I would think an Evan Bouchard, for example, or Ryan McLeod, and I don't want to pick on these guys, but they're they're the ones that come to mind where I can vividly remember examples from the last couple of weeks. They they had a nice lane to the net, and instead they're looking for that extra pass. And instead of getting that puck on net, getting that shot, maybe uh, finding a rebound and someone comes in there and bangs it home, it ends up being a missed opportunity. So that's part of it too. And It'll be interesting to see how the Golden Knights defend the, the Stars. I'm sure the Stars got the tape from the Oilers' Golden Knights series, and we'll see if, if guys like Pavelski can be effective and, and they have a ability to get to the front and create havoc in front of Aiden Hill because the Golden Knights really do protect in layers, and they do block a ton of shots. Half of their defense core were in the top five and blocked shots this year. So it's going to be interesting, but absolutely Greggs when you bring it back to the Oilers it's like hey get to the front of the net and then when you have a lane to shoot and create a chance especially 5-on-5 five five, take it because these guys can fire the pill like no one's business
1: all right, I'm going to jump in here. I think this is the perfect time for the math wizards to get their HP pencils out and work this out. <laughs> you can you can go through each player and show them, you know, what they were or weren't doing in a regular season compared to the, the playoffs. And then compare it and contrast it to what Vegas did and, and pick out specific guys and say, look, this is what these guys are shooting. This is how they did it. Like... Because you can do the drills, and and you can create the idea of going to the net. But players, if you present them and say, look, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. We had X number of shots from here. Not we, you. You, this guy, number whatever, 34. You had X number of shots here. This is what didn't happen. You weren't getting to this area. Or look at this player. He had, uh, you know, whatever, more tip pucks than you. Or or as a group, we didn't have this. Like, I think this is, you know, I talked about the other day. They it can't be thoughts and prayers right no more thoughts and prayers that's it doesn't work anymore you're trying to become the best team in the league so you have to look and examine every single thing that you can so as hard as i've talked about being defensive and, and figuring that out and i've got a, something i want to kind of run by you guys you know maybe later but this this is what it's about these are the details that matter so it's drills but it's showing guys what happened and what did not happen in the second round against vegas
3: yeah Struds, wouldn't a part of that too being uh, a willingness for these players to a accept, you know, some of these shortfalls and uh, trying to, you know, sharpen their edges uh, as players as a whole. Um, I think that, you know, judging by talking to them, listening to them the last few weeks, especially uh, in the postseason uh, availabilities after they lost garbage bag day, whatever you want to call it. It seems like they recognize this. And if it, I'm assuming it starts with that attitude. Now, you played in the NHL. I certainly did not. But I think if you have that open mindset and willingness to take that information and then use it properly, if they are of that mindset and do have that attitude, then I think they'll be okay and, and those those finite adjustments will occur and, and they'll put themselves into a good place next year. If, if they know that that's yeah. what it takes to be hungry and to turn themselves into – Elite contenders. I think they'd be okay in in doing so, but it's the way you present it. This isn't a um,
1: a beatdown. You know what I'm saying? These no. are the like the last little pieces, and we're we're going to be on you like in a positive way. We're gonna we've identified these couple of or whatever it is, um, and we need to work on this. This is what we're going to do, and you can have takeaways for individual players. Like Tommy, you've got to do this, like because you, this. It's not easy, but it's it's easier to go from let's say twenty to ten than it is going from ten to one. If if that makes sense, right? You, it's just that the you know it's so tight and everything makes a difference. So that's that's where I think this team is, and the, they got to just hammer down those details and take a look at it. This analytics department and say, okay, this is this is this is what we've seen. This is what we're at. You guys take a look at it. That's what you get paid the big bucks for.
3: Yeah. Well, I I'm assuming they're gonna do that. Hey, Gregs. Um, well, think. yeah, I'm
2: sure they, hey, they go over lots, you know, they'll grab a lot of tape on a lot of different film and say, oh, hey, like, Struddy had a good idea yesterday. If, you know, the players all to a man talked about how they want to make it to the opposition has to work a little harder to score their goals on a regular basis. And so you could go through the whole thing and, and I guarantee you, you can find 10 or 15 goals. Where there's multiple guys on the ice who made it too easy, right? And so you can clip that up. Here are some ones. Now you're obviously going to clip up. Here's the plays you did well, because if you only show them the bad video, that's not what you want. You want to show here's a good one, this is where you didn't do right. Here's where you did right. Here's where you didn't do right. And away you go. Um, we do have some text, and I'm curious about your guys' thoughts because he, you know, he's six foot three. He's a really good shooter. He's going to require waivers this year. He was their best player in the second half of the season when he recovered from his knee injury. How serious of a look do you think Raphael Lavois gets on the orders? I'm not saying top six. I'm not going ridiculous here. But I wonder if you see Raphael Lavoie in their bottom six because when you look at the way the game's played now, your bottom six has to be guys that have some finish.
3: Yeah. I think we're going to see him play games next season. And and has to do with the way he came back from the injury, the way he played. In Bakersfield, the way he finished the season, he got the call as a black ace, which I think at this point in his career is is something that's to be expected. He was up here with the team, if you will, skating and all of that with a bunch of the Condors. And I, I don't know, like, he has to... To me, from May 18th, looking forward, like, he has to have an unreal training camp and exhibition season to crack the lineup right out of camp. But... If he well, shows up. I, well. I don't know. Do
2: you think they want to put him on waivers, though?
3: I, does does Is anybody going to take a flyer on him, though? Because that's the time of the year where there's so many of these guys that have been in the AHL simmering for a while yeah. that, that go through right. the waivers. So it might be okay. So I think he does play games this year. I think he'll be one of the first call, calls up. Uh, I think maybe even a little bit ahead of. Borgo, because they probably want to give Borgo a little bit of extra time, but it he's kind of put himself back on the map, it sounds like, just talking to people in the organization, uh, that I think he might get a look next year. Maybe not necessarily right out of the gates, but but yeah, I think he's going to play some games next season, guys.
1: He's a wild card, man, to me. You have no idea what he could, yeah. you know, and that's, it's kind of scary. Uh, if you're if you're him in the organization, you could have an absolute stud on your hand, you could have a guy that had a good run for a half year. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it, to me, it's, or somewhere in between, it's it's really scary. So, are you gonna you know give him a spot over top of someone else, going in with your eyes closed? Now, they have a sense of what he can be, but it's the NHL is not the AHL, right? You, we've yeah. seen that before. So, I don't know. Are you gonna have he and Holloway? I mean, Holloway's on the team for sure. So are he and he and uh, he and Holloway both on the team. So that means Strutty, I, two guys. I don't.
3: Out. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry, I apologize. But I don't think that they're going to put themselves into a situation like that again where they're counting on young guys just finding themselves at the NHL level uh, to to be reliable everyday players. And and I agree with you. Holloway, you know, he'll have his spot. He'll make his uh, roster spot out of camp probably, and, and he's supposed to be that next wave of uh, up-and-coming talent on the team. But I think, you know, going back and, and looking at what's happened in the past when – Uh, There were guys in in the AHL that were, you know, maybe forced and thrusted to a position, a regular spot on the roster too early, and and nothing came of it. I think of coming out of the 16-17 season, they put a lot on Anton Slepyshev. They put a lot on Jujar Kera, Drake Kajula, and and ultimately, you know, the next two years were a disaster. So I don't, and I know this is a different regime. The team's in a different place now, but I, I don't think that that's how you want to build your team. You need depth NHL players, guys that are great, uh, that are reliable and and you can count on, have been there for years and years uh, if you're going to make a long run. Now, if you give a guy a look at certain times and and he shows well and he shows he's ready to play, then yeah, you could put him in here or there. And I I think that's kind of more the situation, at least from what I foresee or, or could see happening with a guy like Lavoie. I think you just
2: have to have an open mind. You don't know from player to player. You can't go in and don't pen, don't put him in in pen and say he's for sure a lock. But don't sit there and say, oh, we can't have inexperienced guys. Look at That's Dallas. Bad. Look at Dallas. Look at one of their bet. Look at Wyatt Johnson, who thought he was going to play. Look how well he's played. So, um, Ralph, I actually spoke to some people in the organization. They felt like you know what they might have underestimated just you know the importance of of time coming off the knee injury for Raphael Lavoie because he was their best player by far in the second half and. I watched him in the Memorial Cup in uh, in 2019, and I thought he was an excellent player. He's big. He's str- he can shoot the puck. He's he's like Costin. He's not as tough as Costin. He's not going to fight anybody like that. Like you know, he can be physical a bit, but he's not like Costin's big and thick and strong. But I think Lavoie um, probably uh, handles the puck better. Than than him and I I wouldn't sleep on Raphael Lavoie I'm not saying he, and all he has to be is a bottom six there's nothing wrong with that early on I'm not saying oh he's got, he's got to fill Yamamoto spot on the top six but I'm not going to sit here and say that you can't have young players in the lineup because we see track Juries in uh, in Colorado or, sorry Carolina there's lots of young guys around they just they fill a role they don't have to be a main guy but they fill a role
3: yep and that's fair and that's that's uh trust and strength in your system as well right. I think that's that's key. It's important and gives uh, those prospects hope. You know, if you're not if you're not declining them or shutting them down and saying, well, you were a second rounder five years ago. Sorry, dude, your time's up. Um, that's kind of a harsh way of doing things, and I don't think you want to create that kind of environment either.
2: Tommy, have yourself a wonderful uh, Thursday. We'll chat with you tomorrow.
3: Sounds good. See you later, boys.
2: It's goes on in the Chronicles, brought to you by Action Electrical. We'll come back. we got uh, Strud's on. Tell me I'm wrong and more on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 526. 7th of sports of team, 7, the team, 60 Jason Gregor. This is Strud with Connor Halley. Lovely uh, Thursday. Let's get to Help Me Understand Strud's Edition. Or, sorry, Tell Me I'm Wrong, Strud's Edition, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your AC. Unit Legacy Heating.
3: The Jason Gregor Show presents Tell Me I'm Wrong.
1: Although Edmonton's a big city, I believe we are a community of people that, you know, help each other and look around and support each other. It can be shown in different ways, you know, by the way, Greger uh, raises all this money for the various charities, or the way that Connor is so lovingly giving out hugs when he meets people in the uh, grocery store. But I believe we have a community a responsibility to the community when you're walking or biking past someone on a bike path to acknowledge their presence. Here's an example. You're walking down the bike path or walking on the, the path, and we have many across our city. You come up. You can see them coming. It's not like they just jump into the track two feet in front of you. You have time to prepare. When you see that person, I believe there should be acknowledgement. I I always give the one, so I'm walking on the right side, I always give the left hand, hey, yo, what's happened? I'll usually give a nod of my head down, not up, I always give it down, so hand up, nod down, and like, hey, good morning, I kind of give a, a strict one of that. It's very rare I run into someone who doesn't it, it's feel the same way. Now, I might be the first one, and I don't even know their life story, but I, I just want to acknowledge, like, hey, good morning, have a good day, right? I've walked with other people who maybe feel that that isn't a responsibility of it as a community member, and I completely disagree. You need to acknowledge, and you can't just walk by someone on a path. We're all getting their exercise in. You need to acknowledge. Now, I know there's these interactions happen as well. When you're walking to your grocery store, you don't need to go and say hello. That guy's trying to get some broccoli, maybe looking some from pasta. His wife wants lemons. I'll get you some lemons, baby. You don't need to ask that guy. You don't need to acknowledge his existence. But When you're walking, I believe there's a shared responsibility by both parties to acknowledge hello i like i said my left hand goes up my head goes down i give a hello good morning nice morning how you doing good thanks for asking and
2: just keep powering your walk through tell me i'm wrong guys well i'm curious so you're you're saying hello but you're not having eye contact what's to me that's insulting oh i eye contact it yeah, okay, i, I can- thought you said your head your
1: arm goes up and your head goes down why well, never it's like when you're you know when you're wrangling bulls Grace. you never take their eyes off them so i put my head down but my eyes are still fixed on them right
2: you never know okay okay <laughs> um i'm a, am a big fan of the uh the wave or the hello i don't need i don't need words though if someone's jogging okay. i don't need to, you know i don't need to hear their their words it's just you know a hand up what well, any sort of acknowledgement you want to do the head nod you want to do the you know the the head up back mm-hmm. Yeah. uh Mm Oh well. What's happening? Right. We've all done it. So I I don't mind that one. I I don't think it needs to be as concrete. I don't. I don't need to be rule mania here on the path that everybody has to greet you in the same way. Any sort of acknowledgement of your existence is nice, except. Except, Stridey, if the path is really full and you're passing people every eight <laughs> steps, then no. It's, that, then it becomes too much. Like, if you're the only two okay. people, and because I know you walk early in the morning, and, uh, you know what, uh, lately I've been doing the early morning walks with the dog, I love it. Because it's when it's hot, she doesn't like to walk, so we're up there at like 6.30. And, in the morning, I power nine. I can take her to the dog park. She gets to run to the big dog area because there's no big dogs. So she likes that. It feels like a, a win for her. And, you know, there's people jogging and whatever. And maybe because they woke up in the morning, they'll say hello. I don't expect like a eye contact. I really don't care about that, but it's more so, hi, hello, you know, good morning. Sometimes I say nothing, just give the, the face nod. Hmm, what's happening? So I, I, I like the uh, acknowledgement of, uh, of someone on the path, but, I don't see it all the time because after work on our path where I live, like every 15 feet there's someone. I don't need to be like, hello, 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 hello. Then it becomes a little bit too much.
0: Conrad? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm kind of with Gregor. You know, there has to be some sort of acknowledgement. I don't necessarily need the hello, but uh, the head nod is a good one. Sometimes you just get this little like kind of awkward half smile. I think that's good enough. When I was on a walk this past Saturday, actually, thankfully, I had sunglasses on. So I was able to kind of, you know, monitor the situation and see if they made eye contact. If they make eye contact, then I'll give them the little wave or hello. But two people in a row, they both got off the bus, maybe had a tough day at work, uh, just did not want any part of it. But, yeah, I think, you know, if it's outside and I have sunglasses on, I like the advantage of knowing if they're going to make eye contact, see if they're a friendly person or wanting it. But if, if they don't make eye contact, I'm not doing anything. There's got to be that acknowledgement. First, it opens up to the hello.
2: I, I so you do it.
0: Uh, you know what I found,
2: cons. If you sense that the person's having a tough day, the one I've done, I'll walk by. I'm like, "Hey, you're looking great. Have an awesome day." That well, that's a lot it. to say. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But that's mo- most people, most Jeez. people don't. Most people, what if it's a guy or a girl? Doesn't matter. I'm not being a pervert, right? You just say it to whoever, hey. "Hey, you're looking great. Have a great day." And you just keep walking. And if it's a lady, she's not going to be offended, right? Because I'm not creeping on her. And if it's a guy, I'm pretty sure he's going to be like, "Hey, all right, what's happening?" But <laughs> I find if you see the person looks grumpy. Then I know, I don't say that very often, but there are some times you can see, you know, some people have the, uh, you know, the scowl face going on, and uh, I have noticed strutty, if you say that, you see that there there's like a,
0: oh, okay, and they ease up.
1: I love uh, it. You look great.
0: In, so yeah. that's that's oh, a, it's a classic. In, Str- in Strutty, in my area, you you can't do that. That's a St. Albert thing. No, it's it's Joey dangerous Moss, man. Where No, we no, live.
2: that's Joey Moss. Joey Moss used to do it all the time. You're looking great. Oh, it was a classic <laughs> line. So, I found when you do it, it changes. It changes people. I don't even tell my friends that. Why am I going to tell someone on the
1: road? Hey, Carl, you look great, man. Have I ever told either of you guys that?
2: I don't think no. I have. But, yeah, but you're a dick. I you know, I tell my friends they look good. You know, you you barely hug your wife, so that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Make her earn it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think I. I
1: hey, good morning. Looking good today. Have a great yeah, day. Just I, I, try it, Strady. No, just try, I it. Will, I will never try, try it. it. I will never oh, try see, it. Oh, see. I'll never say that. I will try. Never. You're looking great.
2: Have a. And if you say with a smile, where it's not like, "Hey, you're looking great," like there's a difference, right? Where don't be the perv. You can say it in a nice way. Trust me, it's a game changer. Game changer. <laughs> I will never do that.
1: That is, I did expect that to come out, right? saying who looks good and who doesn't look good. What if they don't look good? Do you still say it? Because at 6 in the morning, not everyone looks good.
0: Um, what if Struddy jumbles his words and it comes out wrong? Oh, God, well, that would be the oh, best oh,
2: part, old marble on, mouth over <laughs> there. That would be unbelievable. <laughs> hey, oh, good. Yeah. yeah that, it's just Looking not... <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Hey, nice cones. I mean, looking good. Yeah. You, just,
1: you can't do it. Here's this guy. Hey, for out of sometimes tip my hat for women. Michael, I don't know now. How this sounds? Not to be a whole
2: program we're putting. Yeah, out. I'm not. This I'm is, not flirting on the walking path. It's too here. much. Ah, I, too much. Yeah, Dude, no, Michael. I don't. Yeah, you don't want to be the red because to me, then you're being the perv. And like being the perv is like the worst. Ladies will tell you you're a dork. Right, like, ask any woman. It's like, oh yeah, you know when I was walking, and this guy like hit on me in the bike path. It was so awesome. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't think that's happening. Right? They might walk by a guy and they think he's attractive, but I would guess that you, if you polled a hundred women, ninety nine would be like, yeah, don't be a, don't try some cheese move no. on the walking path. That's what I'm gonna guess.
1: Yeah, I love it. Gregory. Pull out the double guns too.
2: <laughs> Looking good. Boom boom. <laughs> I Thankfully, Strutty, uh, I'm not a g I'm not a gun guy. There's no I, the double guns. I, I have been so many times.
1: I, I've I've walked on the path. I've never seen or even heard anyone say, Hey, look and get
2: Yeah. Hey, we're getting a lot of Pete It Works like a charm from Kubota Raz. Exactly. Okay.
1: I don't think Kubota walks the dog
2: in the past. I don't think
1: that's – he might have done that at Barry T's, going back to get a China White at the back. Hey, Freddie, you
2: can't comment trip. on something that you've never done. You don't know the efficiency of it. It's, it's, it's like you commenting on any sort of real medical practice. You have no idea. You can claim you do, but you don't. So this is one. You've never tried it, right? There's no – I will I will dare you to try it. I, I can't, dare I you to try it. Because I walk by
1: these same people all the time. I don't need them hearing, oh, my God, look at that. Boy, he looks like a nice guy. He picks up his dog poo. You know, he's put together pretty well. What? What do you say? Well, he said, you're looking good. So
2: how can I walk by them after that? <laughs> well, wow, what's wrong with saying, what's wrong with giving someone a compliment? I, I just don't think.
0: I think it's how you say it. Like, Strutty, if you're like, hey, you're looking good. That's going to come off a, I, I think there's got to be a way you say it. Yeah. Well, I just explained to you how I say right. it. The way Strutty just said it, not well, good. Well, Strutty's is, yeah. See, Strutty doesn't, doesn't
2: like Strutty's coming across as cheese ball without even knowing it. Yeah. You don't have to say. It. It's just
1: it's just the words. It's just, no. maybe if it was a guy, an older guy, like, hey, man, looking good. But I would never see it to a lady, especially one who's walking by herself at 7 in the morning.
2: Sure, I got my hands full of dog and bags, but. I never say looking sure. good. See, it's different. What do you say? I said, hey, looking great. Have a nice day. I always say have a nice oh, okay. day afterwards. Then it's because that's the have a nice day. You know, it's like a combination of two. Right. And don't break stride. Don't do anything where you slow down and make it look like you want to initiate a conversation. No, oh, no. Nothing but that's going to make you look like a creeper.
1: That's the thing. On the, on the, I don't. When I'm walking the dog, I don't want to have a conversation. Just blow right by. Because sometimes people recognize me, and I don't want to be mean. But I'm like, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, thanks for listening. Okay, great.
2: Boom. And I'm keeping walking. I, this is for the dog, right? Not Strutty's the guy that does double guns and double mouth click. Andy, double mouth click. I, I, I don't do
1: any of that. And I don't say, look, I'm good. I'm like, I, don't do, I, just, I always say the same thing.
2: Hey, have a great day. Boom. Good morning. 5.38, Edmonton SportsCenter, TSN 1260. Um, let's get to a little Eagle Rock trivia right now. Up for grabs, you get a round of golf to uh, tee it up at uh, Eagle Rock. And uh, if you're looking to book a tee time, do it now. Go to EagleRockGolf.com and uh, be sure to get the Smoky. Trust me, the Smoky is looking good all the time. The only thing that looks better than a Smoky is the taste. Of the Smoky. Try it out. You won't be disappointed. So here's a little uh, trivia for you. And I liked it. We did it the other day. So I think we're going to do it again because I found it uh, rather entertaining. Not going to lie. See, this one's uh we'll see how good your memory is. Strutty, see if you know the answer. Connor, I, I'm going to guarantee Connor has no chance at this question. Struddy, I think, has a decent chance. Okay. Text in the correct answer to 101260. Do you know the Cookie Monster's real name? 101260. His name, your name. 101260. Oh, we're on, right, Cash. Welcome back, Thursday afternoon. We'll get to uh, Strud's on in a second. But first, our trivia answer brought to you by. You go, Rock, the question was the Cookie Monster's real name. We had a lot of guesses. But the only correct one, and many of you got it afterwards, was Sid. Yes, indeed. Ask your kids. You want to stump them? The Cookie Monster's real name, Sid. So just remember Crosby. You'll never forget. The Cookie Monster, Crosby. Same first name, Sid. Who's our winner, Cons? Winner today is Michael. Michael. Congratulations, Michael. Tee it up. Nice. Let's get to uh, Struds on now. Brought to you by GS Construction. And uh, they are hiring. You know what? Thanks to uh, thanks to you, uh, one of our uh, listeners is their new uh, marketing brand assistant. And uh, they're still filling out some uh, jobs for laborers, pipe layers, and equipment operators. Check it out at indie.com and look up GS Construction. Beep. It's time for another edition of Strud's on Pocket Squares. No, I got to be more uh,
1: aggressive. Pull it out. Show the whole world what I got. Another three, four inches for sure. Car wash wands. At the time, is almost to the point where I put the loony in. I run around and grab my stick, start blowing uh, the water all over the place, and she go. Raves. I'm not a huge DJ guy. I mean, I guess if you hand me a couple glow sticks and a tight white T-shirt that you know, I can get wet, maybe I'd be into it.
0: It's time
1: for struds on hey. penalty kills. So, you know, we, we've identified obviously that they want to work on their own zone, and, and this isn't going from a one or from one to a hundred. You're, 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 you're talking about an improvement, a small improvement, just to keep adding to what you can do. So, I think that's one area. The other area I talked about is the penalty kill. So, to give you an idea, the Oilers finished basically twentieth. In the penalty kill in the regular season, we'll just focus on the penalty kill. Now, ironically, Vegas was just above them at 19, but you know you you, you want to try to get as high up as you can. Boston had 10% better than them at 87. The were about 77. Again, these numbers are you know we might be off by a percentage or two, but you're, you you get it. So, given idea, the Oilers gave up you know about 60 some goals on the PK, and the Bruins gave up uh, only 36 against. Now, there was probably a different number of penalties taken and stuff because I understand the math, but the points well made is that. You know, when you, when you get into a situation over the course of a year, you, you know, a bad stretch can really hurt you. And I, and I get that. And then it can kind of get back on track and it takes a long time to kind of bring it back off of death, the deathbed. But the reality is this, is that you need to have the ability to count on your penalty kill when you need it the most. And in that moment, it's not about average. You're not thinking, oh, well, we've, we've done, a, you know, whatever, 82% all year. That's pretty good. But you have one penalty kill. And that moment is the moment that counts. So who are your top penalty killers? How do you go about doing it? Do you have the habits that you needed all year to do it at that moment? So we're separating two things. I understand analytics. I understand all that. But I'm talking about one moment because that one moment matters. Now, to the, the to the entire year or to a playoff series, that one moment might not be quite as important or it will be very important compared to the average of that time. But you need to have it completely dialed in. At that moment, for that play, and the same on six on five or, you know, shorthanded five on three, like those moments have to be dialed in, and I just don't think the Oilers have that. Well, I don't think. I know they don't have it dialed in where it needs to be at the level they want consistent enough for the whole year. So I think my two top things to work on are the D-zone play and then penalty kill. has to be absolutely detailed and dialed in so you know when you get that penalty in Game 3 of the Western Conference Final – we're going to kill it off because we've done it all year. How do you get to that point? Well, you got to figure out who your top guys are. I think you got to, and you got to, you, you, I think you have to practice it. I think you got to practice about getting in shooting lanes, how you want to play it. And then quite honestly, Greg, identifying the guys who are willing to go above and beyond to get the puck out. You know, every penalty kill, it's it, you're gonna have guys that don't get it out. Everyone, even the great, even Patrice Bergeon, If you think he's the greatest penalty killer of all time, even he doesn't get it all the time. But they get out a lot more than the average guy. And when you get a chance to get out, you have to get out. So I think you do have to practice it, and you have to put an emphasis on it, right? And as a group, a penalty killing group, take pride in it and talk about it. And just like I talked about uh, five on five, get an action plan for it. How are we gonna go about this? What are our what are our yardsticks? Do we want to have have, again, someone have to go through every penalty kill um, they, they had, but figure out okay, how many times did we not get it out per five game segment? Let's say it's, I don't know, 12. We want to get that down to seven. Like, let's, let's have a number we can shoot for, say, we get it out that many times. When it's a 50 50 puck battle off a faceoff, how many times did we not get it? Or did we not, you know, or, or, or did the other team get that? You know, so those are all the things like concrete action plans. The, the hopes and prayers—I I, I just when you're trying to get to the best, hopes and prayers isn't good enough. Getting the playoffs, sure, but to get to the best, these are the details that need to be conquered.
2: Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I uh, um, and so hey, the orders—you know—they they led the league in shorthanded goals this year, mm. right? So when you say, "Okay, we gave up this many," but they also scored the most shorthanded goals in the league. So how do you and, – and I think they did it. Obviously, McDavid, he comes out at certain times the penalty kill. It's a weapon, right? And I think they started to use that as a little bit of a weapon more, and, and I think that's great. But you're, like, the thing is, the penalty kill would go good struts, and then they would have like three or four bad games, and it would just crush where they'd give yeah. up like four and six, and that screws up your, your percentage for, for quite some time. And so I'm curious to see if they can, if they can fix that. And, and
1: I get it. Like, I, the, the, the shorthanded goals are great, but that isn't the moment that you're preparing for. That's a, a, to me, those are bonuses, right? When they have 18, that's a great bonus to have. But if you need it done in that one moment, you're probably not thinking about scoring a goal. You're thinking about defending yeah. it and no, getting it fair. done so I think I would slot those in two different categories of course you want to have that because it takes orders whatever that I think 60 some against and it, it become a net 46 against because of those but I want to be able to know that I can put the group out there that gets it done
2: at that moment well there's gonna be lots for the owners to work on this offseason, the NHL playoffs are back tonight. Carolina and uh, Florida, also uh, NBA game to the Lakers and the Nuggets. So sports fans, got a lot to watch for. If you're uh, good news, you can uh, play baseball, soccer tonight. Uh, the air quality is good, so uh, enjoy the kids' games. Don't yell at the referees or the umpire, okay? Have yourself a great evening on behalf of Strud's and Connor. All of our great guests, if you miss it, Vinny DeHarnay, Terry Ryan, uh, Rashog, and more. Go to uh, jasongregor.com or you can click on the podcast tsn1260.ca. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by Lifestyle Sick, family-run business of four locations at Edmonton and Shirt Park. They provide knowledge and sound advice on vaping, hardware, and e-liquid. Learn more at lifestylesake.com. Good night.